Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodies, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? How are you, foodies? The summer is dwindling down. We're in our third week of August, or is it really? Is it dwindling? Because doesn't it, doesn't it technically end like September 21st? I mean, it all depends on how good the weather is if you could, for you to consider it summer. I'm having a very weird case of deja vu right now, as if I said the same thing to you guys last year. I guess I'll have to go back and listen to those episodes and see if I'm right or if I'm in the Matrix, but I hope I'm not too repetitive with you guys. I know when I'm talking with guests or when I'm listening to myself editing, I I hear myself repeating the same stories, but at least, hey, we're not talking the same movies, and our first cut guests are always different. And uh, so yeah, the movies, you got the guest, this episode's guest, great guest, Kieran, has become a friend of mine, we have a very fun conversation, I enjoyed talking with him, the movie, uh, the movie, oh boy, Coffee Town, we're gonna get into it foodies, this movie, Coffee Town, at the same time, Kieran sent me a message the other day and someone commented when he shared, I think, the, uh, the poster image, like, oh, I love this movie, so hey, to each their own. If it makes you laugh, and I mean, definitely some things in this movie have to hurt the feelings of other people, but I guess take it with a grain of salt. It's a movie, at least it's not real life. Uh, but other than that, let's see, anything food wise. I went out to the North Fork this past weekend. You guys know I love Long Island, no foe. And had some delicious oysters. My friend Brian Rodriguez, host of High School Slumber Party, is a master shucker. So when we were at Little Creek Oysters or North Fork Oysters, they have different names for their social media and their business. Uh, He shucked some oysters and they were just delicious. I mean, the ones that they shucked for us were delicious, but just nothing like just like opening up an oyster and just slurping it down right away. So good didn't even have to put anything on it just seawater freshness awesome was out there celebrating a bunch of my august friends birthdays so happy birthday to all of them it's i'm actually recording on uh, recording this open 
on my mother's birthday, so happy birthday, Mom. Uh, I'm going to, well, I'm going down the shore to visit her and the rest of my family uh, in a couple days, so looking forward to that. And then I go to Maine, guys. I have never been to Maine. I am so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. They've been great up there and don't have, uh, you know, many, uh, what am I trying to say right now? I guess I could just say sick, infected, I don't know, people, uh, and Jersey's doing pretty good right now, and so they're allowing us to come up, so going up with Danielle and two of our friends, Liz and Nick, who, if you remember uh, from uh, one of of my trips to New Orleans, they came, it was their first time in New Orleans, they had a blast, and this is the first time, I think for all of us going up to Maine, maybe Danielle's been up to Maine, yeah, I think she told me she's been up to Maine. But, nonetheless, this is going to be a really fun trip. I'm going to eat so many lobster rolls. You guys are going to see this one shirt I bought out in uh, in the North Fork that is perfect. I didn't de- debut it on the North Fork. I'm debuting it up in lobster country, Maine, because it is perfect. Oh, I can't wait to eat so many lobsters. But before that, get to hear me talk with Kieran. It's coffee time. Kieran, thanks for coming on Foodie Films. Kyle, awesome to be here. I'm stoked. We met, uh, I mean, not too long ago, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, some of our first conversations were about food. Absolutely. And then you started your own Instagram account, Kieran's Cafes. Yep. So let's just talk about, uh, before we get into this this movie, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just talk about uh what kind of food you like or you know what what were you eating growing up who mm-hmm. was cooking and mm-hmm. then we'll definitely talk about coffee specifically all that good stuff sure yeah well first yeah thanks for having me on um yeah i'm a big fan of of a couple of episodes of the podcast i've listened to so far and yeah love getting your take on food so oh, thank you cool that i get to share a little bit too um, thank you for bringing me an iced coffee oh, from uh cafe peanut absolutely Cheers. yep yeah, shout yeah. out cafe peanut yeah great spot um yeah, so I guess a little about me. Both my <clears throat> my grandparents were Irish immigrants, so my parents grew up in kind of like New York City area, New Jersey area, um, Irish Irish homes. Um, <laughs> so as you might imagine, on our dinner table and stuff, a lot of meat and potatoes. Well, grow, yeah, exactly. Growing yeah. up, um, <laughs> pretty much me and I'm one of four, and there's three brothers and a youngest sister, so. You know, pretty big household, and uh, there was definitely an attitude of if it didn't have like a core meat, protein, and and like a potato side, it wasn't a, wasn't a meal. So yeah, exa- I was just gonna <laughs> say that, like, not to get into well, this movie gets into dicey territory, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I know growing up, I had like a, you know family members, like a great grandfather that was Irish that didn't like Italians, or Italians didn't like Irish. Yeah. You know, like we'll just keep it into the. The white aspect uh, and intra Europe, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they were like, pizza isn't a meal. And in mm-hmm. some ways, I guess I could understand. And we're also talking like this is before you had like chicken parm pizza that you had maybe a protein on it, right? But even then, like it's not like is having a slice of pizza like a meal? Like maybe if you have a salad with it, maybe if you have an antipasto with it, like right. what? But yeah, totally. I I grew <laughs> I grew up pretty much like the same kind of way, even just thinking it but the same household like 
Yeah, you just had a very, you had your protein, and then you had like two vegetable sides. Right. One probably being some kind of potato dish. Right, or yeah, yeah exactly. starch and a, and a <laughs> green. Starch, yeah, starch and a green, yeah. Yeah, which actually looking back on like how I eat now, it's refreshing to have that because, you know, you do all the like the takeout or even just cooking it, cooking for one or two at home. It's a little different to have that like fully balanced, you know, color palette at meal, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so it was pretty straightforward growing up. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of like your typical American. I think, yeah, we would also like dabble in like the pasta or like yeah. a big staple was like chili with rice and stuff. So mm. just like some real core staples growing up. What was but... like the most exotic thing you ate when you were <laughs> When I say exotic, right. I've right. said it before, like for a while, like it was just like certain Italian dishes were like the, you know, as far as flavor components absolutely before we started ordering maybe chinese takeout and stuff like that right yeah um i think as we got older you know there was some experimenting with like trying to make like a curry type dish at okay. home so yeah. we definitely branched out and then as i got older i got a little bit more into like cooking for the family and so did did some more experiment um stuff there but yeah it was it was kind of like your traditional meat and potatoes type of uh type of upbringing and obviously northern new jersey um bergen county it's home of like some really great bagels that we would get some yeah. great pizza options so that was probably some of the highlights on uh, on weekends <laughs> and, and stuff when did you start getting into coffee like for me i really wasn't because like i just always thought of coffee as as we're drinking iced coffee mm -hmm. as like you know hot coffee right and i didn't even like i didn't like hot beverages maybe like a hot chocolate on a really cold day mm -hmm. but even like in college up until like i don't know probably around like until junior year did i was i just driving around with a friend one time and he's like oh can we stop at uh dunkin Donuts? i just want to get an iced coffee I'm like, oh, I'll grab one too. And I had one. I'm like, oh, all right. I can get yeah. down with this because I love, I'm an iced fiend. Right, right. Like when I, the apartment we're in right now, when I was like looking at it, I opened up the fridge or the freezer and I saw that I had an automatic ice maker. I'm like, this is a, <laughs> sell sold. This yeah. is a selling point. Absolutely, like yeah. Certain, you know, certain things like... You know, uh, what, uh, air, you know, air conditioning and like washer dryer. I'm like, ice maker, I need. And I, I absolutely, I would be doing ice trays way too often. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like now, I mean, I do drink hot coffee or like I also didn't drink wine for the longest time because I was like, because also thinking like red wine, I'm like, I don't even want something at room temperature. I like cold drinks. Right. So that's kind of like, I mean, right around like college or yeah, junior year of college is when I started dabbling in coffee. But for you, when was, when yeah. was that? Yeah, no, I, I similarly, I didn't have a, we didn't really drink it as kids growing up, but then I went to, a, I commuted to high school in the city, and so commuting, like, long, uh, long trip each way, and then yeah. kind of, like, ended up kind of not being a little bit sleep deprived. I definitely went through a phase in high school of just, like, crushing, crushing uh, espresso drinks in the morning to try to wake up and, like, stay up, um, <laughs> you know on on train rides and stuff to the city yeah uh then yeah like went through a lull in college where it just wasn't really necessary or mm -hmm. it's it's it was definitely something that you drank like for the the caffeine aspect of it see i never felt the cast the caffeine aspect of really it. yeah it just is mm -hmm. never i mean maybe it does and i just don't 
truly know it. Mm-hmm. I definitely have some moments that I'm like, oh, I need a coffee right now. But, right. but it's not because then all of a sudden then I feel like a little pep in my step afterwards necessarily. Interesting, yeah. But it's just like I enjoy like the taste of like, you know, like black iced coffee. Yeah. This is, that's my... Just a, from a flavor perspective yeah. primarily. Yeah. yeah. And then actually to correct myself, kind of the first coffee thing I think I ever had was probably a Frappuccino. Because I remember mm-hmm. like, there's this girl that I was into in high school. And she was like, oh, want to like meet at Starbucks? I'm like, okay. And then like, I'm not going to drink it. And then she like got this Frappuccino and it's like, you know, got the whipped cream and the yeah. fudge across of course, it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that doesn't look, that looks like a sundae. Sure. Yeah. Uh, which it practically it is. It pretty much it's is. Not, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. a milkshake. And- yeah, because, you know, I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 30. Three, so like, yeah, frapp- I feel like frappuccinos and even the little glass bottles, like that was right around, right? Yeah, when I was getting into high school, maybe like middle school age. Yeah. But what What about a like after a big meal, like an espresso? Or oh, now I'm all about. Okay. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I got my sambuca whenever I go to BYOB. Oh, yeah, there you go. I bring this. Yeah, no, that's something <laughs> my dad like taught me, and like, yeah. Like, he's got friends that also then put, like, the Sambuca into the, you know, espresso cup. And he's like, right. no, because he's half Italian. So he takes his espresso and is, like, after dinner cordial, like, serious. Right, like, right, that's yeah. A big, that's a big deal. So, Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm all about it because I love a complete, to go back to, like, a complete meal. And that right. is part of it. I love even, even at a BYOB, maybe they're not bringing it to me. Well, they're bringing me the espresso. But I just love the pageantry of it all. Totally, yeah, yeah. And, and I think there is a there is a point to like the caffeine aspect of a of that as well because it's like otherwise food meal. food coma or yeah, yeah to help just kind of keep you keep you going a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, one other thing on that point is affogato is something that was introduced as like just a little scoop of vanilla ice cream, get yeah. the double espresso on there. It's like <laughs> probably my favorite dessert. So it was like as I grew up, I realized I just love the coffee flavor the sort of like caffeine aspect and um yeah it seems like it's it's more and more part of like everyday life you have to look at some of these older cultures older countries and just even from my heritage of italy and germany Mm -hmm. and they do you know for people that love to eat and they're eating you know like germany is very similar to ireland in the sense of meat and potatoes Mm -hmm. and then italy with a lot of carbs with pasta and everything like that it's just like they have certain things to help you whether it's is that espresso double espresso afterwards or in germany they are uh they have the you know the underberg the little digestif that really yeah that you have that like i went to oktoberfest and like i mean i had one of those already and then it's kind of become a tradition for like any time a big group of like my friends get together if someone brings uh usually my friend brian brings a ca- like a little case of i guess 12 underbergs and they're just they're horrible they're just <laughs> just most disgusting bitter like to quote my father german should stick to beer because he's really? not like jägermeister okay you know but like but this is much more you have it unlike you know jäger and you know being from jersey jäger bombs uh <laughs> you know like underberg you have purely to help you digest right it breaks it because it's so just yeah just breaks it all down because wow. when you're at oktoberfest and you're just eating you know so many 
sausages and spetzel and pretzels and everything like that. You need that to help break it down. And the beer, too, because the beer is just so filling. Absolutely. So this just helps it break, break it down that much more. And then even in, I mean, October 1st, then they even have these, like, little blue, they look like aqua velva, like, bottles, but it's just got this white powder in it. And I thought when I was in October 1st, everyone's just doing bumps. <laughs> I saw my friend doing it. I know he doesn't, like, take, like, you know, hard drugs or anything like that. And I'm like, uh... <laughs> yeah, what's going what's on What's going here? on? And he's like, no, it's like a, it was like a minty, like a, like a menthol kind of, like, hmm. just little powder that just, like, you just and it burns and it just oh, wakes wow. you. Oh wow! Up. Okay, because <laughs> that's how seriously they take eating. Yeah, exactly. You know, it is like it's like to that kind of level for that use or whatever. Yeah, and it's because people are just drinking and eating so much at Oktoberfest. Absolutely. This, so yeah, I think I think from from the from the Irish side, of like looking back on it, especially my my grandmother, my mom's mom, and in, in the in the Bronx, like she was a big tea drinker and i think mm-hmm. to some extent my mom is a tea drinker and i think that yeah that's like a similar thing that was just their version of like yeah. the after meal coffees or like the morning you know morning or afternoon or after meal stuff so in the bronx what neighbor i'm curious what uh so woodlawn yeah, well, yeah 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 so it's uh my my grandfather still lives there and uh yeah, it's such a such an interesting like special community. Yeah. Um, and especially for Irish immigrants, it's it's like they know Woodlawn and a few other parts of the city as like that's where you kind of start, and yeah. it, they've just had their whole lives there. So yeah, it's crazy to see then like where then they moved from you know because all my family started. I don't think anyone lived in the city, but it was either Jersey City. Hoboken, Weehawken, and then mm-hmm. they moved to like Teaneck and Paramus, and then to like Harrington Park, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. But then, I, you know, my sister and I are two different people. My sister lives a five, a two minute drive from my parents. Like, okay. is, is in the town that we grew up in, is the high school librarian at the high school we went to. Like, oh, wow. you know, so it's like, that's that's her life. And I'm like, nah, I want to go back to like where I can walk to places exactly, and like yeah. go to as many like restaurants as possible. And that's mm-hmm. what these, you know, these cities have to offer now yeah yeah no it is interesting like similarly my my parents and their siblings did the kind of like go out to the suburbs and now you're starting to see like our generation decide yeah what do they want the city life or you know and and there's it's funny to talk about like especially in new york city or yeah like i'm sure the hoboken jersey side too is is like how much it's changed kind of like with each generation especially since our grandparents were living here then through yeah. our parents time period and now coming back to to our our time period i feel like had that renaissance in between our parents generation oh, and yeah. our generation i had a bunch of like family and a danielle too like her grandfather like said like you're moving to hoboken like what's like in hoboken you know what hoboken's like because right. i'm thinking hoboken from when he was younger and commuting he would commute from the city to Rivervale and work there and you know see like all the places in between and yeah Hoboken used to be a rough not long ago like a rough harbor town same thing with Jersey City and there was like I just saw I didn't know up into the mid 60s uh Columbus as a street drive avenue whatever you know the one that runs parallel with Newark okay yeah yeah. Um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that used to be that used to have elevated rail lines all really? along it, and oh, then wow. the last strip was taken down. I saw. I started following the Jersey City Public Library account because they post like cool little pictures. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, like imagine if we had that still, and like that would be Jersey City's like High Line, you right? Know? 
Like there's a certain thing, but that's even Jersey City's in a weird spot because it did go through some rough times, but like also enough stuff was removed that I feel like it's still looking for its identity in mm-hmm. some aspects. I mean, let's face the fact we're right across the river from quite arguably the most important city and you know recognizable spot in the world where people dream of getting to New York City. Right. And we're over here. And I mean, Jersey's always the punchline. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's pretty much Jersey and Florida, the state where we send our people <laughs> to die. And <laughs> so it's just like Jersey is still looking for that identity. I think there's a lot of great, I mean, I know we both frequent a lot of between restaurants or just even like i said like one of our first conversations and with your brother was just like what spot to go for this sandwich you just recently had a fiori absolutely that's yeah. hoboken but i mean all i feel like hoboken is just pretty much a different neighborhood of jersey city it should exactly. just be like the uptown like hoboken should be the neighborhood of like northern jersey city mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly yeah but uh but yeah there, so there jersey are, city, yeah. so it's just like there are a lot of great food spots but we need you know, I feel like a couple more attractions. Like, I was just, what was I just watching? Oh, I was watching, you ever see Brockmire with Hank Azaria? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I, I, I love it. I had Danielle just start watching it. And uh, in, like, season two, he's, or no, even the first season, they're in Morristown, PA, not New Jersey. But, you know, he's got the triple A, it's not even a triple A ball club it's like whatever minor league or whatever yeah and uh i'm like oh man i wish Jer- jersey city used to have one they're right the giants so i'm like that would be like if we just had like something like that right or, like a real drawing uh music venue like we got white eagle hall but like if we had like an nj pack like uh newark does or so- something Absolutely. something i feel like there needs to be a bit more you know like or you know if like even if amazon moved here and there was just a bit more like we're making something here or like there's a bit bigger business i don't know no i 100 percent agree i think it it's like a combination of yeah like you're saying cultural cultural venues to have its own identity and kind of draw outside of the new york city like i i think brooklyn has that it, it yeah. could be like a self-sustaining city and it's much bigger than jersey city but just sort of a jersey city trying to increase its own like you could just stay in jersey city and have kind of fulfilling mix yeah. of like yeah live, work, play, everything kind of all contained here. And that would help, I think, build up its own like identity and kind of differentiated, you know, reputation other than just the bedroom community. Like, I mean, like you said, yeah, like Brooklyn has, most of the boroughs have, even Staten Island has the Staten Island Yankees like playing Mm -hmm. there and stuff like that. And they've got some like good, you know, like aspects like they have, uh, I forget what music venue I've been there before, something. Not forgetting, but you know, like yeah. yeah, but we just need a little, a little something else. But as far as like the food scene, and then even hey, there's enough that you started your own Instagram page, right? Yeah, that you're covering a lot of coffee spots. Let's <laughs> let's talk about that for a little bit. So I mean, we heard when you started getting into coffee, but what made you go like, oh, I kind of want to start doing a little like review, you know? Yeah, account. <clears throat> yeah, so I definitely got into coffee a lot. I would say over the last like five six years, um, just kind of a, living in both the city and in Jersey City. Um, I just found there was incredible amount of variety of, of coffee shops and cafes. And then, and the interesting thing was like, there's obviously the Starbucks. There's a lot of places that are kind of your traditional French almost cafe. But then I think more and more there's maybe as maybe it's just me or maybe it's just broad population has kind of taken on 
more and more coffee drinking. So I think there's incredible variety of types of coffee shops. Yeah, well, it's just like everything else in the food and drink world, there is a renaissance going on. I mean, from I've talked about it with craft beer. I mean, I've talked coffee because I've had Evan Santiago of Hybrid Coffee on for a first cut episode. And so it's just like, yeah, you got it in beer. You definitely have it in food. Mm -hmm. You you just have a larger amount of people. And because of social media, you have more people, you know, just sharing their opinions or learning about places that they might not have known about before. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think so. It's like for for that purpose, it was amazing to me to, to see the variety and then just to talk about it with people that live in these communities, because I, I found that coffee shops, especially the more independent ones where people actually spend a lot of time, maybe they're freelance working or they're just hanging out reading or they're meeting people for you know, whatever, networking, dates, et cetera. So I I just found them to be like really interesting kind of community hubs. And then given that they're so different, um, just to kind of talk about like compare and contrast what what some offer, what some do well, and what maybe you wish this one had that you saw somewhere else. So I guess just doing it in Jersey City and talking to enough people about it, it was kind of a joke that it was like, oh, you should you should like review that or I, I came up with the name of the page mm-hmm. and then after a while it was like oh you know I've got some free time during like the pandemic in the last little while so it was like let's actually just kind of film some of these reviews and yeah um, you know kind of see what happens and mostly just tell my friends about it and kind of get a <laughs> kick out of it and uh, bust my chops about it but yeah it's been it's been fun yeah, it's fun it's fun I, I definitely have to do you would think as a videographer like but you know uh, by trade that I would do more video stuff for the podcast which I which I which I should and I do want to start going like and find uh, just like you know like how I have a guest on here just like find somebody like you know and do that I would go to let's say since I had Evan on I would go and do a video at Hi, you know, at hybrid. Yeah. And I would bring someone with me and, or just go and, you know, to uh, a sandwich place and review a sandwich. You know, it's a right. little tougher when it's a sit down meal. Right. And then also half, you know, half the time, I mean, you know, like if I'm going out to dinner and I'm going with Danielle or I'm going with friends and I, and even though I feel guilty already taking pictures <laughs> and stuff like that. Hey, we just even uh, grabbed oysters together, uh, you know, last week for uh, yeah. National Oyster Day. Shout and I was like, oh, you're seeing like, you know, the, the, <laughs> like I'm just, you know, holding up an oyster. I'm taking a picture of myself and... and, and it came out good though. Thank good you. content. But it's just like, normally, like if I wasn't, you know, if I didn't have a podcast on it or just if I was just your average person using social media, I would take a picture and be like, oh, really enjoy these oysters. But it's just like, you know, you, if I'm trying to cultivate an audience and I'm trying to... Just, yeah, do, like, a little bit more. Like, you got to do that kind of stuff. But when you're going out to eat with people, right, you, right. Feel, you feel bad. But it's just like, you know, so for for coffee, for sand, you know, for lunch and that kind of stuff. Right. You know, maybe grabbing a burger somewhere. That's not as bad as, like, when you're sitting down to, like, a big, nice meal. And, right, you know, right. That you'd have to, like, I want to do on my own time. Absolutely. Know, and, and yeah. go before. It's a crazy dinner rush, so I'm also not bothering if I wanted to have, like, a quick little minute talk with the owner or the head chef or something like that. Right, right, yeah. I think there is a, there's an interesting thing where, and this is based on there's a certain internet, you know, whatever, pot, uh, blogger website that they do pizza reviews. We don't need to promote it necessarily, or, <laughs> but the barstool guy basically. So that's obviously pretty derivative of what, what he does, but I think there is some degree of like, you know, if you're, especially coffee shops, like there's such a range and there's like, 
a lot of, you know, delis and bagel shops. I also think it's kind of cool to just see like, oh, how does their coffee stack up to like this like fancy, um, you know, pretty like intense coffee place around the corner. But, you know, you do want to be a little bit objective and just call it like it is or, or, and so, (laughs) and so you kind of have to give maybe some, some hard reviews, just like you give the good ones. And that helps, uh, um, so I don't know that all those people would want you like filming in their, in their establishment and kind of ripping it or anything like that. So yeah yeah and that and that I feel like if I ever got to the point that I'm doing much more like of a critique or review level, mm-hmm. I would just only post for places that I like like I wouldn't want to be like, what's wrong with this sauce <laughs> like, right right I mean if I grabbed a slice of pizza, I'd be like, oh, I like the bread more than the sauce, but I'm not gonna be like you know the, I, 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 yeah you know I wouldn't want to break something down, but yeah, as far as coffee, I mean even in the heights alone, we have hybrid we have froth on franklin mm-hmm. we've got a mod cup up here we have yep. griot like it's we got a yep. lot of good coffee spot and there's just even so much more as we're drinking cafe peanut and there's yeah. O cafe and there's i mean you know <laughs> right right yeah yeah it's incredible like i was just before we sat down kind of going through all the different even jersey city ones and it's yeah it's pretty incredible just the diversity and there's obviously still like the starbucks and the and the dunkin donuts and you know your Wonder Bagel has yeah. pretty good coffee too, and so they, it's like the, they, they must have coffee at, at the Krispy Kreme, right? You know, I've actually not been in that Krispy Kreme. Oh, the really? Donut Factory. Yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to go, but I just haven't actually. Yeah. I've only made been it a yet. few times. Like one time was on National Donut Day or whatever. And, yeah, but um, I assume they have. I just didn't I'm sure they do. Yeah, um, but yeah, there's just so much, and so it's like ha- you know. But I, one thing I do like is com- kind of comparing the, and this is kind of stinks and coronavirus but you can't really like hang out in coffee shops as much anymore yeah and so you don't really get a feel as much for you know i i think coffee shops have to do a great job with like their interior design yeah the aesthetic absolutely and even even like the music and um decorations on your wall and uh just tying that all together with like kind of like the vibe you want to create at your at your coffee shop um yeah just creating that whole ambiance mm-hmm that honestly is one of the most perfect natural transitions to what one of the, I don't want to say one of the few things, just like how I said I don't, for, for food, I don't want to go and I would only review the good things, but I have to be a little subjective here. And the movie we're talking today is Coffee Town. So you're into coffee. There are a few movies that involve coffee. And I was just like, all right, let me... Have Kieran on to talk Coffee Town, yep. and then I watched it, and you know, so I had never seen it before. I'm assuming. Okay. Was... No, I had not seen it before. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I was. I was like, I didn't know that you hadn't seen it before, and like, I was entertained throughout the movie. Like, I, I definitely, you know, it definitely got gets your emotions going. It's very something that's gonna get a reaction out of you one way or another throughout yeah. the film pretty consistently but uh, I thought you might have been setting me up in some way <laughs> to come on the podcast and talk about it and on the record no this okay. is no, in no way for like you to be like I love this movie I'd be like what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you no nothing no, nothing like this <laughs> um I'll, I'll, I'll come out the gate with well I already came out the gate and go Oof. but I will say my 
two favorite things about mm-hmm. the movie. It is a very good comedic cast. Mm-hmm. In the sense of, not that they're bad in this movie. It's just, this movie came out in 2013. And I know a lot has changed since then. A lot has changed in the past four months. Mm-hmm. Between BLM and civil rights, and I mean, or even over the past two years with Me Too mm-hmm. and everything that comes with that. So, yes, yeah, seven years is a lot, but watching this movie, and I was like, is this 2006, seven, eight? Like, <laughs> right. no, it's 2013. And the, the, uh, they, the things that they're joking about, like, are just pretty dated like taboo jokes of right there are homophobic uh covering you know civil rights uh, p- one of the more awkward things police brutality oh my god uh that there's was... rape jokes there's little people jokes there's disabled special people jokes yep it truly i think maybe we just didn't the only thing we didn't get is like an anti-semitic joke mm. um but I said, but they I said, had racist jokes. So. But they had racist <laughs> jokes. And, but I said, and I'll say the two things that I like about it. So, yes, the cast. Yep. Maybe not necessarily in this movie, but, I mean, you've got... It's starring Glenn Howerton of It's Always Sunny. Yeah. I love It's Always Sunny. I love Glenn Howerton in It's Always Sunny. Absolutely. And he plays such, like, a like sadistic and sociopathic character on that show. And it almost... You know, like, I mean, there definitely is, like, kind of, like, rape humor via his character and homophobic mm-hmm. jokes via his character on It's Always Sunny. But I always said It's Always Sunny to me was almost like a real life, like, it got to, like, Looney, South Park and then even to, like, Looney Tunes mm-hmm. territory that yeah. is just so over the top. Right. It's just, just so crazy it's more acceptable mm-hmm. i feel like the comedy is a little yeah like it was a script that was written probably even 10 years prior right yeah i've covered like waiting on this and waiting definitely has a huge cult following following and is a better movie than this but it definitely it does still it has a lot of homophobic jokes in it that you're like okay that's dated but it just the cast makes up for it and it just it's just a better made movie right but uh i mean you get i love ben schwartz you know parks and rec john ralphio he's mm-hmm. phenomenal on that show and his you know schwartz and middlevich or middlevich and schwartz on netflix amazing improv right and just him playing the cop is a very funny concept like i laugh at the you know there are funny moments when he is you know drops the gun and he's like right. you know the safety's uh the safety oh this the safety wasn't on this is like oh such a such a simple thing that i always forget to do or whatever. right but yeah. when he's talking about like yeah i can shoot anybody you know, this is like <laughs> in today's climate not too not too good no yeah it 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 kind of yeah it almost now that we're talking about it it, it almost was like like <laughs> I don't know, unacceptable or off-color joke bingo, and it was almost like, and you think about yeah, it, it's like, yeah, there should be a bingo board for this. <laughs> yeah, as you're going through it, it's like, ooh, that's that's a that's another one. But then if you look back over, it's like, wow, they hit maybe everything or pretty yeah, close to everything, pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, um, and um, then also you get Steve Little from Eastbound and Down, which and Vice mm-hmm. Principals, which I absolutely he is hilarious. Like yeah. some of the hardest laughs. I've had is to him in Eastbound and Down as right. Stevie Janowski. And again, a show that 
is, you know, definitely has taboo jokes, but I guess it's just, uh, I don't want to pick on the director, Brad Copeland. He, mm-hmm. uh, this is the only film he's directed. He was a writer for Grounded for Life, which is a pretty hit sitcom show. Mm-hmm. Rest Development, which is now like revered as like really ahead of its time and a great, right. you know, great comedic uh, TV show. But then yeah. he's directed movies like Wild Hogs, Yogi Bear, you know, so definitely more family and kid oriented. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know if. Yeah, if like someone didn't like if the script was written a while ago, no one like reread it. Or yeah, like, I, yeah, it's just because you have these three great comedic actors, and also I mean you have some fun characters in the sense of or you know fun people to play roles like Josh Groban and mm-hmm. uh, Adrian Palacki. Uh, Jake Johnson's also in this. You know, New Girl. Like you have right. a lot of comedic actors that have had you know very successful comedic TV roles. Absolutely, yeah. And they're just, uh, yeah, they're just, you know, yeah, it, totally missed opportunities. I yeah, it, it definitely struck me as like a like a vestige of a, of a different era. And yeah. yeah, almost surprising that it was 2013. Um, it kind of struck me a little bit as like the writing and pace of like an American pie, but not as clever in some way. Yeah. And like almost like more, like obviously American pie is focused on one one lane whereas this was kind of like all over the place and kind of not um and a little bit just more like just going for like cheaper punchlines i thought which or like cheaper gags and and shticks so this is produced by college humor Mm -hmm. i saw that nothing against college humor yeah but let's take it for the title it does feel like something that maybe you know like so i went to college from 2005 to 2009 a time where these more taboo jokes or just, you know, like intolerant jokes were could joke about that stuff. And it was, yeah. you know, at least as a, as a, as a white guy, like I didn't find insensitive cause I just wasn't thinking about that. Cause also I was younger, but yeah, for as far as college humor, yeah. It feels like humor that you're like, you would be laughing at in college when you're right. drunk with your buddies. And like, maybe this would have worked as like some sketches or like a little series on college humor. Right. Right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, just m- missed it in a lot of different ways. So, right. So to get to the second thing I liked about it, I do like when, you know, the movie's called Coffee Town. Mm-hmm. So when it, and this movie predominantly takes place in right. this chain of places, we don't know how many there are, but it's called Coffee Town. Originally it was called Brown Town. Right, exactly. That, so that's, not to make it... While that's an off-color, and that's no pun intended, joke, uh, that at least again from a from a from a white guy isn't like terribly offensive because it's just like yeah, that's an idiot choice for like they're making fun of it. Yeah. But then when you get into you know like the whole what like the menthol cigarettes in it, right? And like, yeah. You know, but Steve Little try. I feel like you know did his best with like how funny he is to pull that off when he's having the conversation with that uh, with that black guy and just everything that came with that. But, <laughs> but when but point being when it came to the stuff that like was coffee related, mm-hmm. I found that like funny and just like enjoyable to watch and that's the stuff that i I was hoping this movie was going to have more which is Mm -hmm. just 
taking a place that most people know about and pointing out the, you know, the idiosyncratics and the quirkiness of it. Right, yeah. Absolutely. So when it came to those moments, like people working from a coffee shop, yeah, um, the tip jar, right, uh, roosters there that are like pushing their music or just even CDs being there of local musicians, yep, or you having to use the bathroom. Like those are all the things that we know and are, are just like little things that you could, that I think a comedic writer could find things to comment on if you're mm-hmm. gonna make a movie that takes place and is called, you know, in a coffee place and is called Coffee Town. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a couple things in addition to what you just said. Like, there was a line like, always be drinking, no squatters <laughs> in the house of free Wi Fi. I thought that was just like a <laughs> clever thing that. You know, they definitely captured that, and I think that's that's something that as you spend time in all these cafes, you definitely notice um, there's that dynamic that the coffee shop is trying to yeah. hold the line between their regulars, but also wanting to be accommodating of everyone and not just the people that got there at, you know, 8 a.m. and have posted up for their day yeah. day's work. <laughs> so, um, and then the other, yeah, I know there's little things like just trying to, Trying to get the preferred real estate near the the outlets and yeah. little things like not that. not being on the couch so your laptop's not on. Your <laughs> yeah, laptop. exactly. The laptop burn. Yeah, laptop like that mm-hmm. is you know. So, so was this ever going to be a masterpiece of comedic cinema? I don't know. Right is is just the idea of like let's make a movie that takes place in a coffee shop and like you know and and trying to like am I right in saying that. Or am I even saying, is there enough that happens with stuff in a coffee shop to to make a story about that stuff to make it funny? Like, I don't know. Like, a a film that comes to mind is uh, Zach and Miri Make a Porno. Again, not not a comedic masterpiece Mm -hmm. by any means. And but that movie, while it takes place in there, and then the eventual porno they make, like, is you know about uh, is about like working in a coffee shop. That's not what the movie is right. about, right. but it takes fun elements. When you get Seth Rogen working there, there is, you know, and Craig Robinson. I mean, you got obviously two great comedic actors there, but you have great comedic actors here too. Mm-hmm. So, but the movie isn't just about that. Right, exactly. I mean, this, so this movie, what? It's about Glenn Howden plays Will, and Will doesn't want to work from home. He tried it. It doesn't work well. Yeah. Um, we realize like his big opening moment. We think that like you know it's because like his you know his uh, roommate is you know going to be bothering him while he works at home, but his also roommate has died since the end of AIDS, right. which is just like I feel like if you want to. So even they joke about AIDS, I guess in, yep. a, in a sense. So there, there you go. And then there's a later AIDS there's joke. There's a later AIDS joke. So they add that to the list. Uh, so yeah, it's just like it, I've, you know it's like. Reminds me of like this is like Cards Against Humanity movie, right? Exactly. I'm surprised there's not a movie called Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> Someone's listening to this right now. Yeah. I, or I'm flattering myself. Yeah. Some executive is listening to this and goes, oh, "We gotta make that movie." Um, but yeah, like the level of jokes. So like, yeah, Will can't work from home, and we, we he kind of eventually explains to Becca that he feels like the world will just forget about him if he's not surrounding himself by people. Okay, yeah. okay like, there's a little bit of, like, heart to this, or... Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, because they also slightly talk about gentrification, but it's not... I mean, it's gentrification for... I guess white people, and I'm assuming that's California. Like, right. you know, worried okay. about that this cafe is going to turn into this new. They're going to do this bistro for this chain, right? So yep. yeah, so that's the whole thing. So Will 
doesn't want to lose his place to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because it's going to become this new kind of, uh, yeah, slash bistro place that can serve alcoholic beverages and it's going right. to be too crowded to work there. But also at the same time, if he's working there during the day, he shouldn't really be worried about too many people. Exactly. Like, you know, coming in a happy hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. So that's, that's the plot there is like a little weak too. But a lot of great comedies have some pretty weak plots. So totally. It's like, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to, like, give this movie a chance and it's just I don't know uh, and that's why I'm not a writer a comedian a director because I don't have the answer for this but I think between like definitely just having those comedic actors alone mm-hmm. I feel like something could have been pulled off if right, you right. like okay guys it's about uh, you know like yeah working from a coffee shop and you know right. hilarity ensues and you give the list of the disgruntled employee played by Josh Groban. Mm-hmm. You have a singer that can't sing in the movie. So there's like a little bit of like a funny aspect to that. Totally, too. yeah. Uh, then you have, yeah, so you have uh, Steve Little playing Chad who works nearby. And that's what Will also likes, that your friends get to visit you at work. Yeah, and he, like the, I think the whole like he has he's leaving and he's using the smoking break, like, that's a funny aspect Absolutely. of the, the menthol, uh, you know. <laughs> the menthol cigarettes, yeah. Newport's jokes New, aside. Yeah, Newport jokes aside. <laughs> right. Uh, again, yeah, the, the, the idea of Ben Schwartz playing a cop and, you know, like, the, the worst cop. Yeah, the worst <laughs> cop. And it would be one thing if he was just a little manipulative mm-hmm. but just even the fact that when he's out of playing clothes then it's also he's like degrading women at bars and right. saying just like ordering Diet Coke from them is that stool strong enough to support you to one of <laughs> right. like a gor- to a gorgeous woman I've seen those jokes in movies before of course yeah but there's just something about this one that just like wasn't really pulling it off right um and just the consistency is like in hindsight, it's so incredible that it was like it was never ending cringeworthy jokes it, like from the lens of today looking back. So it's almost like in some ways is like I would almost recommend it to people with like you couldn't you almost can't believe until you watch it how many and how consistently they're just going to be hitting you with like offensive and inappropriate jokes after one another there's almost a level that i tried to wrap my mind around that i'm like is this trying to be some some kind of satirical like if this movie came out in 2019 or 2020 like right before you know like they made it and they just released it on video on demand I would almost think closer to that that they are just trying to make, but that I mean, it still wouldn't. I wouldn't consider it successful. Right, right. But I think they're just talking about so many things that we find, you know, just insensitive now, and and rightfully so. You could have someone could be listening to this and be like, oh, you know, everyone's just too sensitive about things these days. But that's just it. It, it just it's not that that stuff can't even be necessarily made fun of but it's just not it wasn't smart about it. no it wasn't yeah it's was just really like the low hanging fruit and again this like kind of like cards against humanity humor of just like like kind of shock value right to, right to it I, you know i just yeah i can't um yeah it almost like thinking about it would be like if a jordan peele was like here's everything that's wrong with like 30-year-old white guys. <laughs> it would be like, boom, and then hit through yes. everything. And it would be like, and obviously he would do it much more tastefully, I'm sure, and, and 
and like more in more clever, surprising ways. Where this was like, yeah, as you were saying, very kind of like low hanging fruit, kind of some of the tired sort of attempts and jokes and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, like that would almost be how it could be perceived today as. Yeah, much more. Yeah, I agree. Like in that sense, like it could have been a spoof satire right. of like those sketch shows mm-hmm. that those guys could handle like, like bro yeah, comedies. Like, and... Yeah, because also that's the thing. Like you could you can also kind of handle that in doses. And not that this is, you know, it's an 87 minute long movie, right? which is like for a comedy, like pretty average length, you know, like a tight good comedy is around like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. usually hour 45 minutes anything more than that people are like uh, you know you get into like like it, just with comedies at least but I, right. lo- I love a shorter film and it, I guess it had an okay pace enough to it as much as there were some cringe worthy moments I wasn't always like looking to see what time it was right um, you know so the cast did carry it in some kind of way because also the, it, it has a few more funny moments in the sense of that they're like okay we then have to break into this place to uh show that there's crime in the area so they don't want to open up this you know that to be the uh what's going to be the uh the flagship store for right. this new bistro exactly coffee yeah. town slash bistro place that you know that of the plot like there's something there but right. the, the the crime alone just goes so fast right yeah that there's just yeah there's just not yeah. a lot going on Go, going back to what you're talking about is like a way in which this concept could have been good or what what would have been a way I, I it almost what you were saying just reminded me of like an empire records where it's like yeah they have one store location and yeah. it's mostly around the people that work there and then you kind of get the people that are coming through and how they interact and and that maybe there maybe there's a way you could do something with like a coffee town or a coffee shop that that would be in that vein um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think the way they set it up um you you got to kind of wonder how this could have possibly like it was doomed for failure maybe on some level like yeah, it has. I mean, it's also trying to tell a story in an interesting way that they let you know that be, that from the beginning that there's going to be a robbery. Right. And there's this countdown of eight to the day, of, you know, eight days to the day of the robbery. And so there is a little bit, there should just be a little bit more of build up there. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there should be some more. But then the movie ends up being like cruxed on the this you know character that has down syndrome and to their credit they casted a, uh, an actor right who actually who, had... who actually has yeah uh, down syndrome and it's, it's a little bit but you also then get like this whole conversation of just who would win a fight you know right and then actual, actual... And, then, and then the actual fight <laughs> and then yeah like there yeah. And then the, the crux of it is just like this Down syndrome, this character uh, is outside during the robbery and tries to come in, but then also tells the cop that he just wants, he wanted chocolate milk or whatever. Right, right, yeah. <sighs> I just even, just, there's just so many stuff that I'm like, how do I phrase this so I don't send, but it's just people like, I mean, why, why are you listening to this, at least part of the episode if you haven't watched it yet, so... Yeah. You, you can rent on Amazon for three dollars. Uh, yep. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to say it's 
worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it almost needs like a disclaimer, I think, of of yeah. just the degree of sort of offensive jokes that are yeah are kind of like pa- th- yeah past its there. You know, they probably should have never existed, but they definitely yeah. There are should not be welcome. more of a dated section. I know they even like that for uh, like now with Disney Plus, but Disney also owns Hulu now, so they're thinking about putting more like of the not. Adult material, you know, like right? At least PG thirteen to definitely like R movies that are owned by you know because now even uh, Disney owns Fox, so right, yeah, plenty of uh, PG thirteen R content there. So it's like this should be in a category of just like yes, it's dated, but if you want to watch it, and also I feel like Amazon uh, should look at some content and be like we should allow that to be rented for like. A dollar, not <laughs> right. Exactly, three, not three dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, is there anything else really about this movie? I'm just looking at. You know, I make my little notes <laughs> in my. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I kind of did like at the end. Um, you know, the the attempt to have some sort of like philosophical thoughts about <laughs> karma, or like you mentioned a little bit, like working from a coffee shop versus working at home. It was just kind of interesting uh, point in like the coronavirus environment. It just yeah. kind of just happened to work. And then on the flip side, so many of their like police violence and police abuse jokes are work on the, <sighs> as like, yeah. you know, it's sort of uncanny how, how well um, it's timely in some way. Maybe I would recommend watching this for just like a dated movie, like what, just how impressive it is, how just humor has changed in seven years. Right. You know, maybe like they should be renting this for 99 cents versus $3. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you have a good comedic cast. It is the college humor guys. They even have, there's that in the, you know, there's a lot of, I, I, I like that there's, even outside of Coffee Town, we get a pizza place reference. We have the bar, the Vanguard. Mm-hmm. That was just <laughs> kind of ridiculous, as we said, like the way that they're kind of treating the female characters in that. Or there's even then that character. I, I, I'm blanking on his name, but I recognize him from college humor sketches with Pete Holmes with, the, with Batman. He, but the guy with the, you know, the big gingery guy in there yeah. and the way he distributed his ecstasy <laughs> right yep uh yeah there's yeah. just a lot there's a lot going on in that scene um that was definitely one of the yeah the the kind of consistently cringeworthy scenes i mean they hit a lot of drug jokes uh i think yeah the main character will says declines of the her- the ecstasy to say he's he's a more of a heroin guy which incredible how how unfortunate so many of these jokes are but yeah to your point like i just it, it does really make you think about how different the climate was back then and it is kind of like a time capsule and maybe it is and maybe it isn't because like to your point it seems like it's even from further back then yeah when it like early 2000s out. mid 2000s it's a movie called coffee town it says it does take place you know it's like coffee town his apartment I maybe out on the streets somewhere, you know, like, but it's predominantly in the place called Coffee Town. I want characters, I want more people from the Coffee Town. Right. Right? right. Like, you want those, you want that, we, we kind of get the one guy trying to always take his seat, 
We have the older guy. Yep. Uh, we kind of get, and then we have our main barista and Josh Groban. We kind of get that one other woman that's working there. We kind of get the manager when he's showing the guy that owns the franchise, Mr. Brown, around. Right. Um, but, like, that's what, you know, I think if you're going to make a movie called Coffee Town and it predominantly takes place in it, that's the ensemble. It's fine to have your the friend, the cop friend, and the other guy that works in another place come in, but I want to see those other characters interacting with one another, like, get a ragtag team together that he he can't be the only person that doesn't want this place to become yep. this bistro, Absolutely. this place, this coffee house that's going to be serving, that's going to be, how how long is this place going to be open for? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, even when it does briefly change over, yeah, they, they make it seem as if somehow his whole schedule is disrupted and yeah. people are coming in for drinks like at all hours of the day, but... But it just—I uh, think that's another essentially plot hole that yeah. just doesn't really doesn't really add up there entirely. Oh, just one last thing of like a little thing because I want to see you know because there are some things that I liked about it, but it falls under the coffee house cafe realm of things you experience and thinking of the lines is when the people from work that have the big order because that's mm-hmm. always there's yeah. little funny moments like that that you could have even extrapolated on some exactly. kind of sense exactly it could, it could have yeah. been his friend from his office taking the order and i don't know something could have happened from there or maybe right. this was never going to be a, <laughs> a good you know even good not, again not masterpiece but a good comedy who knows but right yeah coffee town 2013 87 minutes long i made you watch it <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful you brought it to my attention and uh, hopefully haven't said anything too offensive throughout the review of it. Um, <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think if, if, well, if you got offended, listen to this. Definitely don't <laughs> yeah, watch exactly, the movie. Exactly, exactly. We're just kind of commenting on the movie. Um, and that's, I hope, uh, if, I, if I have the honor of any of the people that worked on this movie listen to this, I, I I think you tried your hardest, Brad. I'm not trying to pick on you. You're directing, you're writing, but it's just... I, I feel like he even probably has to watch this now. And, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, this is the only movie he directed. So he was writing for a long time, and they're like, hey, can you also direct this? Mm-hmm. You know, so no, no, no judgment here. Right. It's just, it's a very specific slice of comedy that uh, just doesn't really have a place in... Yeah, in the world anymore. Yeah, not at not at not delivered straight anyway. Not you yeah, know, you exactly. Maybe... It needs to be much more cleverly depicted, or again, in like a spoof satire way. But then, if, yeah. hey, people even say Mel Brooks comedies couldn't even be made today. But if you watch Blazing Saddles, and yes, they use the N word in it, but that's like they were commenting on something in the time. Even mm-hmm. in that movie, you had Richard Pryor, one of the most prolific comedians not even black comedians but comedians being a writer on that movie mm-hmm. and just yeah like and giving it you know sort of like his blessing but just using it just as a tool to comment on some things and it's and that movie's just i mean a spoof and satire on westerns and everything that comes with that sure yeah so uh yeah like you know oh boy <laughs> coffee town yeah it's on amazon three dollars do what you want <laughs> Well, uh, Kieran, I asked you some of your favorite movies, and um, you know, let's talk since we yeah uh, you, you have a lot of you have a lot of great favorite movies, but I, I figured since we talked a comedy, let's talk another comedy that I think is 
definitely you know one of the better comedies of well was even another decade ago quite popular we're in 2020 is this even two decades ago but super bad mm-hmm. super bad is a comedy that definitely i'm sure offends plenty of people mm-hmm. i haven't watched in a little while i was on high school slumber party to talk about it and uh and i still when i watched it then i remember liking it mm-hmm. and thinking it's a really funny comedy but um you know what it came out in 2008 Right. Yeah. Lots changed even since then. I was right. even saying that maybe Coffee Town was from that time. So. <laughs> right. Point being, I uh, I really like Superbad, so I kind of want to talk the the home ec scene from Superbad. Okay. Bad. Yep. Let's uh, we'll we'll watch that now and then we'll talk about it. Okay. This is Hayworth. I joined this class because I thought I'd be cooking with a partner, but she's never here, and I don't get twice the grades for doing all the work. I didn't invent odd numbers, Seth. I know, but look at Evan. Okay, just look at him. Hey, don't keep me waiting much longer. I'm getting, I'm getting impatient up here. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Okay, what are you, you're embarrassing. I'm over here in my unit, isolated and alone, eating my terrible tasting food, and I gotta look over at that. Looks like the most fun I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's BS, excuse my language. I'm just saying that I wash and dry. I'm like a single mother. Look, we all know home ec is a joke, no offense. It's just like everyone takes his class to get an A. It's bullshit, and I'm sorry. And I'm not putting down your profession, but it's just the way I feel. I don't want to sit here all by myself cooking this shitty food, no offense, and I just think that I don't ever need to cook tiramisu. When am I gonna need to cook tiramisu? Am I gonna be a chef? No, there's three weeks left in school, give me a fucking break. I'm sorry for cursing. All right, Jules's partner isn't here today either. Pair up with her, station four. Jules. All right, I'll, I'll give it another shot. Give him back another shot. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jonah Hill's cadence in which he's talking and the in between, like, really soft spoken. I'm sorry. Like, you know, like, right. just like apologizing because he's just going on such a rant. He is a senior, you know, in high school talking the way that probably, like, a lot of students at some point wish they could just like say to their teacher this is bullshit i don't even know if like necessarily uh in high school i had as much of a questioning authority kind of thing i definitely right. did come even going more towards like college and then after college just towards any kind of just like authority i guess just the okay. you get the more you question authority is what i'm trying to say yeah um but this is just so perfect in which he's trying to explain to this home ec teacher absolutely just like this is bullshit everyone takes this as an easy a we all know that i'm sorry like, yeah. <laughs> drops in an f-bomb yeah, and, exactly. and, and apologizes for it right away <laughs> yeah just the combination of like how exas like exasperated he is and yeah. just you know he's also kind of sly trying to get out of this yeah you know annoying thing but i also got a kick i get a kick out of like Michael Sarah playing kind of the, uh, you know, playing dumb a little bit and just kind of how he, he plays that character. It's yeah. Like pretty perfectly. Mild mannered and just making the best. Like he's definitely, his character is like make, you know, lemonade out of lemons. Right. And he's with that, um, I think Maroki character. And then he's like, later on in that scene, I know Maroki has like, you know, flower whiskers on and he does like a little like <laughs> right, wave exactly. at Seth. And they're just like, 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 like Seth says, they're just like, they're having a fucking blast. I'm over here. Uh, you know, I feel like, a, you know, like a, a housewife or whatever, like yeah. wa- washing and drying all this stuff. Like I'm alone. She, you know, her, the, the teacher just saying, well, you just heard the scene. I'm just not going to keep quoting the scene, <laughs> but there's then, um, you know, to help them the plot along, he ends up getting to work with a, a, uh, 
uh, Emma Stone before she was Emma Stone. That was mm-hmm. like her first movie. Yeah. And Breakout. they get to make some tiramisu together. Have you ever made a tiramisu? I can't say that I have. Yeah. I haven't either. <laughs> I can't imagine I'd necessarily be good at it. Did you take a home ec? Um, we didn't actually have home ec um, we in, ha- our, yeah. in our school. We had home ec. I didn't mm-hmm. take it. I mm-hmm. did join an Italian club um, that like was then after school. And I joined that because I had a crush on a girl that was oh, in nice. an Italian club. Yep. And the Italian, like it was an Italian teacher. I was taking Spanish. So it was pretty much like, <laughs> like uh, the Italian teacher, like it, anyone that was in an Italian club was kind of taking it for extra credit if you were in an Italian class. Right, that makes and sense. And she was like, you're in Spanish class. Like, I'm like, well, like, well, I might be learning Spanish. Like, my grandmother is Italian. I think it would bring us closer if I learned how to make some Italian <laughs> dishes together. While I was just totally taking this class for nice. yeah. this girl that I had a crush on. I remember we were like, I stayed one time and we like made like cannolis together. So <laughs> I had a little bit of like a yeah. super bad <laughs> moment, moment in high there. school. Absolutely. I wasn't nearly as profane as... Jonah Hill, <laughs> but yeah. I did have a similar experience. In that. Yeah, no, that's a it's a classic moment, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, I went to all boys Catholic high school, so we didn't uh, have quite the uh, the same types of uh, opportunities, I guess. <laughs> um, as, as super bad, or you did so. You just, you, had to, you just had to wait for the the dances. Did you guys have right a, a, exactly like a sister school that you? Had yeah, so we yeah we had the. Um, like we would have our dances, and then they would invite the or the girls from other schools would come from the from the area. But mm-hmm. like honestly, unless unless you were in some kind of like the theater program, actually was uh-huh. the where you could oh, cross. They yeah. would have like yeah. they would know a lot of the the people, um, and then also just if like the really only people I would know going were occasionally like girls from my town in Jersey would go to these gotcha. Regis dances. So it was like. <laughs> it was kind of a hilarious scene of like lots of people from all over the New York City metro areas, teenagers trying to interact and mingle when you have like Sean Paul blasting <laughs> on the stereo. So it's like it was kind of a comedic and and how probably futile they were for for most of us. <laughs> uh, well, I was happy to talk that scene and from that movie because that is. A good comedy, not to pick on coffee, but I just figured, (laughs) you know what, we just had to watch a very mediocre comedy, so might as well talk a scene from what I consider to be a very good comedy. Absolutely, yeah. Well, last but not least, we've got our little round of questions called Gut Instinct, so it's just whatever comes to you first. Sure. Favorite fast food? Chipotle? Does that count? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go-to alcoholic beverage? Tequila. Ooh, straight. Tequila soda. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Favorite childhood snack? Um, I'm going to say I was a big pudding guy when I could get it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like pudding, some of those pudding snack, snack packs. packs? Yep, yeah, exactly. That's a good scene from Billy Madison. He loves the <laughs> snack packs. Yeah. Sweet or savory? Savory. Favorite food city? Yeah, this is biased, but I would say New York. Okay. Favorite cuisine? I'd say Italian food. All right. Yeah. Guilty pleasure food? I'm going to go burgers. Yeah. Love a good burger. And I do eat them often, so they would, they would probably <laughs> fall under guilty pleasure for me yeah. as well. Favorite condiment? You know, I like a good spicy mustard. Ooh, yeah, yeah. me too. Like a spicy brown mustard. Absolutely. Yeah. 
totally prefer that over. Very few occasions I yellow mustard. Right, right. Pretty much on like maybe every once in a while on a hot dog. Yep. To mix it up just to know like what how it contrasts from the good stuff. That and that's when I'm like normally I'll just put a brown mustard on a hot dog, but if I'm doing yellow mustard, I'm probably doing like a zigzag of ketchup and yellow mustard. Absolutely. And maybe on like a like a pretzel or on a, like on a, on a cubano that would be yeah. But anyway, what's the uh, what's the last thing you ate? Let's see. I I had uh, from O Cafe. They have actually pretty nice. It's called the Classic. It's a breakfast sandwich like bacon, egg, and cheese on a essentially croissant. Actually, on oh. a, a like a, a it's almost like a brioche roll. Oh, on the brioche. That's what yeah. I had it on. Yeah. But the yeah. interesting thing they always do is. Maybe one of their things. They have like a harissa sauce. Yeah. So I was I trying to figure out what kind of yeah. sauce. Yeah. So it's a little different, but basically bacon, egg, and cheese. It's got a, it's got a kick to it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what would be your last meal? You know, I just like some of the best steaks are just amazing steaks. I was at a Japanese steakhouse in Brooklyn this weekend, salt and charcoal, and it was just, it's incredible. Like, a great piece of meat cooked the right way. Yeah. Um, just I, in my opinion, hard to get any better than that. It's pretty simple. Going back to those Irish roots. Exactly. Meats, meat and potatoes. <laughs> green beans. Yep. Uh, dine in, like cooking at home or dine out? You know, I, I love going out and checking out great restaurants, but I, I've grown to appreciate. I don't necessarily, I'm not the best cook myself, but I love a great home cooked meal. Yeah. Um, it just tastes different and made with love. And uh, yeah, so I, I think I honestly prefer that. Yeah. Home-cooked meal. What would be your spirit food? What food best embodies you, your personality? Hmm. Um, <laughs> that's a great, great question. This is, you know, just as Coffee Town gets philosophical, I get, I get, I get, <laughs> right, I get philosophical right. as well. <laughs> yeah. A spirit food. Um, you know, this is maybe a little cliche, but I love... And it's it's like ceremonial St. Patrick's Day, but um, I just love St. Patrick's Day as a holiday. I love like the f- getting together with family mm-hmm. and, and friends around that holiday and celebrating like Irish heritage. And so you know, in that vein, like corned beef and cabbage, the way my grandpa makes <laughs> there it, you go. it's yeah. like once a year, and it's just amazing. That yeah. time of year. Yeah. It's weird how certain foods just be. Can- I mean, obviously, you can go to awesome places like. Cats's, but you also get pastrami there. I know Fiori's. I always forget. It might actually be, what's today? Is today Tuesday? Monday or Tuesday is either corned beef day. So you can always go there oh, really? and get like really good corned beef. But it's interesting. Corned beef is one of those, like even turkey, you know, like like an oven roasted turkey. Like that's Thanksgiving, corned Absolutely. beef, St. Patty's. It's interesting how food gets that way. But yeah, cor- corned beef and cabbage. Yeah. There you go. It's in your blood. So <laughs> exactly. It be your spirit. Exactly. Uh, you go to the movies. Are you having any kind of snack? You know, yeah, I love a good popcorn and uh, milk duds, probably. Ooh, milk duds. A little salt and sweet there. Nice. And last but not least, a great, if not the greatest lesson you've learned when it comes to food. Um, <laughs> I think growing up, and this is sort of something I've learned over the years, just growing up, it was always like a race to eat as much as we possibly could. It was almost like the scarcity factor we felt, which probably wasn't even true. But uh, I think as I've grown older, it's like I don't need to always eat myself into like a food coma after dinners mm-hmm. and lunches and stuff. Um, and so I think that's, that, that's been a good life lesson that I picked up over the, 
That's a good years. one. Yeah, yeah, no, I I eat like I ha- I can have some bad eating habits, and it's not. I I always try to say it's not necessarily. It's not the quality of food, yeah. but it's the quantity, and then also like that I won't. You know, if I don't eat right in the morning, which I usually don't because I don't like, you know, the quick routine and then I don't eat and then I get to work or what have you. And then I finally then I'm really hungry or I cook something for myself or I go to a place I'm spending money on and then I just eat it way too quick or right. too much of it or finish someone else's plate if they're not finishing their food. Totally. Yeah. But yeah. Kieran, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, Kyle, awesome to be on. Uh, please, right now, remind the foodies out there where they can find you. Yeah, I mean, at Kieran's Cafes, it's K-I-E-R-A-N-S-K-A-F-E yeah, on cafe, Instagram. Cafe with a K. Yep, Cafe with a K. And last but not least, we have a little catchphrase to end every episode. It's there's more to cut, so if you don't mind telling the foodies out there that there's more to cut. All right, foodies, there's more to cut. Awesome, thanks. Yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy and I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a 